Oh, welcome back to High Hope Sportscast. I'm your host, DJ, and I'm joined by my co-host, JJ, as always. Uh, what's going on, man? You, you ready for Wild Card Weekend coming up here? You mean Super Wild Card Weekend? And <laughs> I just realized, DJ, I got to announce this to everybody, how much I just love football. I <laughs> love football. And they make it better and better each year, so let's get rocking and rolling. Maybe better if our Vikings were in the playoffs, but... True, true. <laughs> uh, first thing I wanted to get to is uh, some of the updates and topics on the coaching spots that are available. And uh, there was a, a new one that just opened yesterday uh, on Thursday, JJ. The Houston Texans, they have fired head coach David Culley after one season. Uh, I just I just think that that guy probably didn't get a fair shot at uh, being a head coach this year with not really having a stable QB. Uh, and after the whole Deshaun Watson thing and them having to keep switching QBs back and forth the whole season, uh, in my opinion, that's one job uh, candidates are going to kind of be hesitant on taking. It's just not a good situation to walk into there in Houston. Yeah, I uh, don't know much about Cully. Honestly, I didn't follow Texans too much. All I know is they were very disappointing. So I'm kind of, like you said, I feel like that job is kind of been, I don't know the word, but just kind of tie your hands behind your back and do the best you can, I guess, because they just don't have the draft capital and losing a big piece like Deshaun Watson, it's hard to replace quarterbacks. We all know that in Minnesota because we've been through a million of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... I hope Houston figures out what they want to do as a franchise moving forward and not put coaches into one-year turn t- turnstiles. Yeah, whoever takes that Houston job, it's gonna, they're going to have their work cut out for them there. And it's not, like I said, it's not a good situation to walk into in, in Houston. So uh, hopefully whoever takes it, uh, is, they're, they're, putting, they're getting a, a lot of responsibility to turn that uh, franchise around there. So. Um, and Brian Flores, uh, which is a former head coach for the Dolphins, he is actually set to interview with the Bears. I could actually see this happening. Uh, I think that would be a good fit there. I, I don't really, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I don't know if you've heard that or not, but uh, I don't know if something just tells me that, that that would be a good fit for Brian Flores with the Bears. Yeah, I I like Flores has enough uh on camera or on uh, on video of how he coaches and what his goals and objectives are, but uh, I know I saw an interesting stat that that said that there's only one African American coach in the NFL right now after Flores got fired. So I do see that uh, it's a great opening in Chicago for him if he gets the opportunity that's going to be tough for the Vikings to swallow we're going to have to make an extra step up move here to combat something like that yeah and uh, a couple different Vikings fans that I've seen uh, they they actually are they wouldn't mind Brian Flores coming to the Vikings for their head coach job um, I wouldn't mind it either but I just think that uh, I think the Wilfs are finally ready to start winning and they're gonna kind 
kind of take their time and do their research and uh, hopefully get it right this time. So um, a little a little on the Vikings openings for head coach and GM. I heard that Vikings could have been in talks with a potential head head coach candidate already, uh, and that is Matt Campbell of the Iowa State coach. Uh, supposedly he was on the sidelines of the Vikings Bears game as he has ties to David Montgomery and Tenny Nwangu. Um, I don't really know if that has anything to do with the head coaching job. I mean, if he has ties to those two players, he probably was just there to look to watch them a little closer. I don't know. Um, but I don't I don't know how true that rumor is. It's just something that I heard. So um, I've never heard of the guy, honestly. I, I mean, I don't know if he's a big time coach in college. I don't really watch much college football as I, <clears throat> I've stated before, but um, and reportedly uh, Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, he is uh, pretty intrigued by the head coaching job in Minnesota, I guess. Um, you know, out of all the candidates for head coach, I'm really finding myself liking Kellen Moore a lot more. Uh, and at this point, uh, I kind of want him for the job. Uh, he he is young. He's 33 years old. But look at Sean McVay and how, how young he is. And look at, how, look at how he has the Rams looking. And it's just they're, the Rams are good every year ever since Sean McVay came in. I believe Sean McVay was coach of the year his first year with the Rams. So um, just because they're, they're young doesn't mean they don't know what they're doing. So um, I'm starting to like telling more. I don't know your your thoughts on that, JJ. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, DJ. I like Kellen Moore because he's an offensive mind. He played quarterback at Boise State University and was very, very successful. And if you look at what the Cowboys are doing down in Dallas, Kellen Moore's the the ringleader of the offense, and he uh, and Dak and Zeke and C.D. Lamb and all the guys in the offense down there, I kind of compare our offense, what they got going on, to what they got going on down in Dallas with a big, strong old line, two good running backs, and a plethora of receivers and tight ends. Um, I would be very, very excited if Kellen Moore lands in Minnesota. And I guess what I'm hoping for right now is um, I don't know if you've seen all the GM candidates, but um, I I wouldn't mind Jim Harbaugh, to be honest. For the GM? No, for the oh. for the coach. But ultimately, oh. the GM's going to bring whatever coach they want to work with. So we got to kind of wait and see with the coaching to make any announcements like what. I mean, it'll be easier to talk about a DJ when we know that they hire uh, this bean out of Buffalo for GM, what candidates he's going to put on a table and announce to the Viking fan base. So at this time, I just, there's a guy out of the Cleveland Brown organization and a Wasmu, I think his last name is. He has got a bachelor's and a doctorate from 
uh, the Princeton Ivy League school and a, a doctorate from Stanford. That's the type of person I want running the, the general management responsibility is somebody that's that intelligent and that's proven it on paper. But um, I've, I've just seen a lot of good candidates, and I'm really excited to see who the Vikings and the Wilfs select. Yeah, uh, I did see yesterday that they, they are planning to fill that GM spot first um, and then letting the, the new GM uh, they're going to let them do the search for the next uh, head coach. So um, that that answers, uh, I believe you asked that question uh, last episode, I believe, about if they're going to do committee or not. But um, it looks like they're going to leave it in the hands of the GM. Um, after they hire a GM, they're going to kind of hand it over to them to look for the next head coach and uh, see who they want to work with. Uh, and speaking of the GM spot there in Minnesota, the, the Vikings uh, are making history as they have requested an interview with Eagles executive Catherine Raich. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, how, how would you feel, JJ, about having the first female GM in NFL history for our Vikings? Wow, that would be grump ground-shattering, breaking, record-breaking, eye-breaking, brain-popping. <laughs> it would be uh, very welcomed, and I'd be proud to to put that banner out that we are the first team. But I think it opens up the organization to a lot of criticism, and I, I don't know how they would handle that, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there, DJ. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I, I I've heard you know she has a a pretty good history with um bit the business part of everything like that. She has a pretty good background in that. I don't remember exactly for sure what those are. I just I kind of heard bits and pieces of it um the other day, but I mean I I wouldn't. Uh, I would have welcomed her uh, to be the first female GM in history for the Vikings. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, I just hope that it would work out. Um, just finding the right person, whether it's male or female, I don't care. I just want the right person in there, um, not only for GM, but for head coach as well. So um, if she gets hired, I just hope that she does her due diligence and she finds the right head coach for us also and um, makes the the right moves for us going forward in the future in the draft, free agency, uh, everything like that. So I definitely think it would be interesting. Um, another quick thing about the Vikings that I found kind of funny and ironic, uh, the Carolina Panthers, a.k.a. the circus, as me and JJ say, <laughs> They're interested in taking or talking to offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak for their offensive coordinator. Take him, please. Please get him away from my team. What a perfect match that would be. Matt Rule and Clint Kubiak. <laughs> Add another clown into the circus over there, JJ. 
<laughs> well, what what uh, what time are we in where they want to get our rookie offensive coordinator? It just seems like the league is just doing him a favor, trying to head off the inevitable that he won't be back because he didn't do that good of a job last year. I'm sorry. I mean, the offense did produce like 25 points a game, but I don't know. I'm like you said, get the clown over to the circus in Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just thought it was interesting. I wonder who's, whose idea that was, if it came from Matt Rule or if it came from higher up. I don't, I don't know. I think it would be even more funny if it, if it was actually Matt Rule's idea, just because we know how he's been this year. And for him to go out and look for a candidate for offensive coordinator in Clint Kubiak, seriously? I mean, th- then we really know how Matt Rule thinks. and <laughs> or, or we don't know how he thinks because it don't make sense to me. Right. I mean, eh, I, f- I feel for the Carolina Panthers fans out there, man. Oh, my God. If they, if any of those Panthers fans out there think the same about Clint Kubiak as we do, oh man, leave us a message. Let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah, uh, Panthers fans out there, if you're listening, or you know any other listeners, uh, let us know what you think about that the the Clint Kubiak to Carolina thing. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's other people that think differently about Kubiak or this move. Uh, I don't know, but we'd love to hear from you. Um, and not only about this topic, about anything we talked about, uh, anything we didn't talk about, uh, let us know. Um, we'll, we'll find a spot in the show in future episodes to talk about it. And uh, like we said before, if you go to Anchor, you can leave us a voice message. Um, we could actually insert your voice message right into the episode here so you could hear your voice on our episode. So uh, if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. But uh, we're trying to get in, engaged with the fans here and listeners. So um, we haven't had any yet as we are still growing. We're still in the second month of the show. But, yeah, if don't don't hesitate. Just send us a message on Facebook or Anchor or Twitter or Instagram anywhere. So, uh, yeah, in, in other news, uh, the Rams got all pro safety Eric Weddle to come out of retirement to play for L.A. in the postseason since Jordan Fuller will be out till next season. And I believe I heard that Taylor Rapp is also injured. Uh, Weddle retired back in February of 2020. So his retirement was short lived. I guess we'll see how he does and uh, what he decides to do after this, if he retires or if he decides to stay back in the lead. Um, what, do, what do you think he'll do, JJ, and how do you think he'll play? Well, I remember Eric Weddle as being a, a shorter, quick, good tackler, tackling safety with a, a ball hawk ta- tag, which means ball hawk means you can pick intercept the balls you can be in position to defend the balls and you take away a lot of the deep balls that are 
made in the NFL today. I like Eric Weddle personally. I think this is a great opportunity for him to get a ring. And uh, why not put more talent on the LA Rams? Like they, they are short some players. So I would welcome the idea of bringing back a guy like Eric Weddle and hopefully uh, we see his best work. I mean, I hope it ain't just like he come off the street. I hope he's in shape and I hope he was ready to go. Otherwise, it's kind of a publicity stunt, in my opinion. Yeah, I I think he was one of the the best safeties um, in the league when he was playing. Also, um, I guess we'll just see how how in shape he is, and uh, being out of the game for uh, a couple of years, and uh, we'll just have to keep an eye on him. come this weekend and see how he does if he uh, i'm assuming since it got him out of retirement i'm assuming he's gonna gonna play quite a bit already this weekend so uh, we'll just have to to watch and see how he does there in the backfield um not in the backfield i'm sorry in the secondary so yeah we'll just have to, to wait and see how he how Weddle does as also known as the beard <laughs> the beard there you go <laughs> So going to uh, uh, one of the craziest uh, playoff scenarios from last week as the Steelers uh, squeaked into the playoffs uh, in a crazy fashion. Um, it, it just sounds like Big Ben is not very confident going into these playoffs, JJ. Um, he he uh, gave a press conference and he just – He's basically going to go out there and have fun. Um, but we're going to listen to the press conference here. Just here it is. We haven't discussed it, but I think, um, you know, I, I would assume as a group, you understand that, you know, we probably aren't supposed to be here. We're probably not a very good football team. We're the out of 14 teams I think are in. We're probably number 14. Um, we're a double-digit underdog in the playoffs. So let's just go play and have fun and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we're – probably 20 point underdogs and we're going to the number one team, the number one team that's, I know they're not the number one team, but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years. Um, arguably the best team in football. Um, we don't have a chance. So let's just go in and play and have fun. And that, I mean, it was short, but he's not very confident. Um, I don't know how well that's going to do for the Steelers uh, with his mindset going in there. He I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from, but as a team, you don't really want to hear that from your quarterback. I mean, that's the the most important position on the team. So um, I don't really know how to feel about that. I mean, I can definitely see where Big Ben, Big ben is coming from when he says that, but you don't really want to express that to the media and uh, – I mean, his whole team knows what he said now, and I it, it could just uh, lower their morale as a team going into this game. I mean, like you said, they're 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 playing the Chiefs, uh, one of the best teams in the the league, arguably. But I mean, you never know. That that that's our motto here. You never know. The the Steelers should shock everyone and take the Chiefs out in the first round. Uh, I hope not. (laughs) 
I mean, I hope not, but I mean, the Chiefs are my second favorite team, so I hope not on that hand. But it's Big Ben's last year. It, I mean, I don't have the Steelers winning this game by any means, but if he beat my Chiefs, I wouldn't. I couldn't be mad about it. I mean, it's it's Big Ben's last year. If they take my Chiefs out. I have to be rooting for the Steelers to go all the way and win the whole damn thing just so I could see Big Ben go out on top. That would just be amazing, especially getting into the playoffs after an 8% chance and then going to win the whole damn thing. Oh, my God. That would be a Super Bowl-written story that will be in the history of the Hall of Fame the rest of our lives. The rest of Big Ben's life, too. Talk about a metaphorically mic drop with Big Ben. Win the Super Bowl and just drop the mic piece out. Man. How special would it be if he beat the Green Bay Packers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? <laughs> oh my goodness. We have a story here. We gotta we gotta kinda write it ourselves right now, but putting our trust and faith in Big Ben to to make instead of you know, he's not going to come out and say, yeah, we're terrible. And he p- kind of did it haphazardly saying, yeah, we're not supposed to be here. And our record didn't show how, what our team is. And he's he was going to make excuses, but instead he quickly changed gears and said, we're going to have fun. And that's what teams do when they're going to try and pull off the upset and go for the W. Let's just go have fun. Let's not put any stress on anything and if it if it works out it works out and i think that's the mindset you got to carry into the playoffs and big ben's the perfect quarterback for that team this year i wouldn't i wouldn't trust it to anybody else in the league but him to try and pull this off yeah maybe having maybe having this mindset of you know just going out there to have fun um it's it kind of takes some pressure off you it is a playoff game still, but if you have the mindset that you're just going to go out there and have fun, you don't have no pressure on you, that could be their driving force to win this game here. Because when you go into a playoff game, your emotions are high, your your the pressure is on, ultimately, in the playoffs. But if seeing Big Ben and hearing how he's talking, he's just going out there to play and have fun, let loose. No pressure, dude. It, we, I don't know. That just should be a driving force to beat the Chiefs. It, I don't know. <clears throat> I wanted to mention one thing. I just read this today. Did you know Juju Smith Schuster is gonna be? He's already off IR, and there is a possibility that he has a chance to play this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, that's the next thing I was going to say is uh, oh. I, I saw that Juju Smith-Schuster uh, is back in practice now. So um, I don't know how big of a factor that will be if he plays, uh, if he's back to 100% or not. But um, he, he he's a pretty good receiver when he's 100%. So uh, if Big Ben has him in his arsenal this weekend, he could be a factor as well, as well as Claypool and... Um, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Yep. 
And their tight so, end, the rookie that Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. And of course, our their thoroughbred Najee Harris. Yeah. So I guess we'll see how uh, Big Ben does, and uh, as he goes out there and has fun, as he says. So it'll be it'll definitely be interesting. I mean, all the games will be interesting, but that one will definitely um, will be looking closely at. So. Uh, next, we're we're just gonna go through uh, this weekend's games. It's wild card weekend, baby. Uh, so the first game we kind of just uh, talked about it: uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Pittsburgh is the seventh seed, and Kansas City is the second seed. Um, me and JJ both uh, have the Chiefs winning this game, um, but like we said. Uh, the the Steelers just run out there to have fun. Uh, I I would definitely uh, it's probably unlikely, but man, look for the upset of the year in this game. Uh, yeah. Do well, you have any notes on that game? Yeah, with Pittsburgh at, at KC, the spread KC's favored by twelve and a half. Uh, looks like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is back in the starting running back position this week. We have Q tags on Najee Harris for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a questionable tag for Tyreek Hill, wide receiver for the Chiefs. Uh, the weather looks a little, it's going to be a high of 31 and the game's at night, so it's progressively going to get cold, making that football harder to catch and hang on to. So look for some key turnovers in that game. But like DJ said, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Yeah, and the Chiefs, are, they're a different breed when it comes to the playoffs. So um, I, I look for this team to, to be good. Um, so. That is your Sunday night football game of the week on NBC, Peacock, and Telemundo at 7.15 Sunday night. All right, and then uh, – Moving to the New England Buffalo game. New England Patriots are the sixth seed, and uh, the Buffalo Bills are the third seed. So the Patriots will be in Buffalo for this game. And uh, let me see. I think I took I took the Patriots to win this game, and JJ took the Bills. Um. Oh, you took so, the Patriots, huh? Yeah. Gee. They they beat them last time they they played them, but uh, it was also very windy in that last game when they played each other. And Mac Jones threw the ball what three times I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, the weather alert DJ is the highest six degrees, and this is a Saturday night seven fifteen Central Standard Time start. The wind will be relatively low at three miles per hour, but. Uh, the two things I want to hit on real quick is New England's running back, Damien Harris, is questionable with some still lingering knee issues. And wide receiver Jacoby Myers is questionable with a lingering injury. As for Buffalo, everybody's back. There is, they rested some guys late in the game last week. Josh Allen, Diggs are going to be the main ones to, to pay attention to. So... Buffalo by four in Vegas with a 44 over under. Look for less scoring, I think, with it being that cold. And I almost think I did take the Bills, but I would say I give the edge to New England with the weather the way it is. 
Is it supposed to snow in that game, or I don't even know? Uh, there's a percent chance, but it's 0% chance of precipitation. But when it's that cold, it could come out of anywhere. Right. That's true. All right. And then the Las Vegas Raiders. The uh, Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> they're, in the, they're in the fifth seed. And uh, the, the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals, are in the fourth seed. These are two teams that surprised me, and I didn't in the beginning of the season. I would have never thought they were going to end up in the playoffs. But um, I have the I have the Raiders picked in this game, and I believe JJ has the Bengals. That's correct. Um, did you want to say anything about the two teams, DJ? I mean, I have a few things I could mention. Um, I just wanted to mention that you know, last time the Raiders were in the playoffs, they did not have Derek Carr. I think. He broke his ankle or had some kind of ankle injury back then. I think we saw Connor Cook last time the Raiders were in the playoffs. Um, but oh, he's yeah. he'll, he'll be here. Derek Carr is a full draw. So I just think that the the Raiders, the way they've um, handled the adversity throughout the whole season with everything going on in their organization, I. I don't know. I, for some reason, I see the Raiders winning this game. Well, that's probably a good thing. There, the game is on, which would be when you're listening to this, it'll be today at three thirty on NBC, Peacock, and Universal. Uh, it's the battle of the ten and sevens out of the AFC. Um, my big to watch player is going to be. Jamar Chase connecting with Joe Burrow. If the connection is there against this Raider defense, look for the Bengals to go up seven to ten points and win that by that margin. As I talked about injuries in other games, uh, we don't have any injury news on the Cincinnati side. Joe Burrow's healthy and Joe Mixon's back from COVID. And on the Las Vegas Raiders sign, they got a questionable tag still by Darren Waller, the top five tight end in the league. And running back Josh Jacobs, who we all know. Didn't you have him on your fantasy team, DJ? Josh Jacobs, yes. Yep. Yeah, so you're familiar with him too. And unbelievably, the weather's going to be cold in Cincy. It's going to be an eight mile an hour northeast wind with a 20, uh, the temperature being at 26. But like I said, this game's at 3.30 on Saturday. So as the night progresses, it's going to get colder. When I played football, DJ, when it got cold out, you had to treat the football with respect, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, you had to baby it and nurse it along and make sure the ball gets in the bread basket or securing the ball with two, harm, two hands and alternating it to one or right or left side of your body to keep it close. Because it's like a rock, basically, when it's that cold outside. But I give the advantage of the rushing to Cincinnati over Las Vegas. And that's going to be the difference in the ballgame. Vegas has it at five and a half with an over-under of 49, which means a lot of scoring on Saturday. Stay tuned for that game. And another note on the Raiders. Uh, Darren Waller is is a full draw. So Great that, news. That's, that's another factor you got to think about there, JJ, after picking the Bengals. 
that could possibly open up Hunter Renfro if they double Waller. So, yeah, I mean, I like Hunter Renfro. I I really do. And it just see my brother and I talked about this at last week. It seems like the Raiders got better when Henry Ruggs disappeared. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um I there's a there's a stat. I don't remember the numbers, but uh the Henry Ruggs got arrested, I believe, week eight. Yep. He's still finished the season with more yards than Jalen Ryder with the Eagles. <laughs> oh, it's too bad, Eagles fans. We know you want a jet, but you give them to the Vikings. Yes! <laughs> and Jalen Ryder played the whole season, and Henry oh, Ruggs got arrested in week eight, and he still finished with more yards than Jalen Ryder. That, I just had to laugh. I'm glad you brought that point up. I never would have thought about that, but if you saw it or read it, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but so, I mean, uh, honestly, in that comment, though, is do you think the Raiders got better without him, even though he was productive? Um, possibly. Um, I think maybe this adversity, maybe, I don't know, it, it kind of brought the heart out in the Raiders, uh, if you want to explain it that way. But um, maybe this kind of just drove them to do better. Um, I don't know. And I did see, uh, going back to the, the coaching spots, um, I saw yesterday um, there's a report according to Susie Culber that the Raiders um, are expected to replace John Gruden with Rich Bisaccia. So they're expected to keep him. Um, wow. So we'll, we'll see if that's true. That's just a, a, a rumor I saw. So um, we'll keep an eye on it, DJ. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I believe that guy uh, deserves a shot, at least uh, a look to stay on there full time. So. Um, yeah, so uh, bringing up the, the Philadelphia Eagles as we were talking about Jalen Ryder, um, that is the um, one of the games here is the Eagles sitting in the seventh spot. Uh, they're going to go to Tampa to take on Tam- uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks with the two seed. Now, this game, on paper, it looks like it's going to be a, a runaway, and Tom Brady's just going to whoop them. It is in Tom's house, but apparently there's an 80% chance of rain. So after I listened to Good Morning Football pod on the podcast version, they're saying that this weather could actually uh, be in Philadelphia's favor. So, and Jalen Hurts, uh, he's mobile, so... We'll we'll see how Tampa Bay, uh, their defense handles him on the ground, and if it's raining, and uh, this could end up being interesting. Uh, like I said, it just looks like Tampa Bay just gonna walk all over him. But you never know with with the rain pouring like that. It, 
according to what I've heard so far. It, it could get a little fishy there for Tom Brady. Well, there's our statement again. Our new lo- slogan is, you never know. <laughs> this applies very, very much so to this Philly Eagles-Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. And not to mention it's going to be raining. They're going to have swirling winds up to 25 miles an hour. Yep. What does Brady like to do the most? Air it out. Air it out. Now, who did they lose on the running back? They lost playoff Leonard Fournette. So they're down to their third string running back. Ronald Jones at this moment, number 27 for Tampa Bay. He's questionable with a leg injury. So (laughs) if they're going to run their third, fourth, fifth string running backs against this Philly D and Philly's getting Miles Sanders question, he's going to be back in the lineup, that running back. Yeah, this is, you never know, to a T. <laughs> and let's not forget, Godwin's out. Chris Godwin, their number 14 receiver for Tampa Bay, he's done for the year. So they're on their fourth and fifth string receivers after Mike Evans. I look for a big day from Rob Gronkowski when I'm looking at this laying out here. I think they're going to do a lot of dinking and dunking to Rob. and. uh I I can't go against Tampa at home, even though the weather conditions are going to even out the playing field a little bit. Vegas still has Tampa Bay by eight and a half, and they're still saying with the mucky conditions, it's going to be an over-under of 49, which is approximately seven touchdowns. Yeah, we both have Tampa Bay in this game. Yeah. But it's going to... It's going to be interesting with the rain and the wind and how each team handles that situation. I did uh, I did hear on Good Morning Football also that Nick Sirianni, which is the head coach of the Eagles, he kind of likes to compare the games to a boxing match. Um, and they also said that um, the first drive for the Eagles is going to be huge. If they go out and run left, run right, throw it incomplete, punt, they're not gonna be they're not gonna be in good shape after that. If if they go three and out or punt even punt at all on their first drive, that's not gonna look good for the rest of the game. I just I just I agree with that. I think that the Eagles first drive of the game is gonna be a huge thing in that game. Well, the game's on Fox, DJ. We get Buck and Aikman for the call at 12 o'clock Sunday, January 16th. Boy, that's going to be a fun day. It's a triple header for you those that don't know. They've uh, separated the super wild card weekend. Saturday, two games. Sunday, three game triple header. And, of course, a newly added Monday night football. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be weird, but uh, this last Monday was kind of weird for me too. There was no football, and it's like, yeah, oh, God, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> oh, now what do we do? <laughs> right. All right, and then moving on to the San Francisco 49ers uh, in the sixth seed in the NFC. There, they will travel to Dallas uh, to take on the third seeded Cowboys. Um. 
I've heard that there's a lot of history with these games um, that they're, they're always good between the 49ers and the Cowboys. And I, I have the Cowboys winning this game. Um, I don't, I didn't really want to see the Niners even get in the playoffs, but um, I think JJ took the 49ers in this game. Yeah, I took the 49ers, DJ. I just think we're catching a hot team at the right time, and I think that Cowboys lost a big piece that nobody's talking about, and that was number 13, Michael Gallup, to the season for a knee injury. They do have a decent replacement, number one, Cedric Wilson, but uh, we mentioned this before about Ezekiel Elliott, number 21. He just, he's not the same. Something is up. It's injury alert, it's old man alert, it's I've been in the league too long alert. But on the counterpart, there Elijah Mitchell, this kid ran a four three four forty at the combine last year. And nobody knew a dang it's the same thing that the, with the Vikings Kane Nawangu. The guy never really played college football, but he blew up the combine. This Elijah Mitchell, look for him to have 100-plus yards rushing. And, you know, Jimmy's got a messed-up thumb, so I don't know, DJ. I was torn at this, but I just think that the 49ers, their method to their madness with with Shanahan, he is legitly a top-10 coach already in the league. I just look for San Francisco's defense to give Dallas fits. And Dallas gives up defense gives up a lot of rushing yards, and that's the bread and butter of the 49ers. So uh the Vegas took Dallas by three, and the over-under, believe it or not, is 51, DJ. Holy moly. That's a so, high scoring game. It's gonna be indoors in Dallas Sunday at 3:30, and that game is gonna be on C. BS with Uncle Tony and Jim Nance. Tony Romo. Uncle Tony. <laughs> I call him Uncle Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CBS, the Paramount video. They're putting it on Nickelodeon, Amazon Prime Video. That must be the game of the week or something. Maybe. Uh, and then we're going to move on to uh, this last game in the wild card round. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals with the fifth seed, they'll go to L.A. to take down the Rams in the fourth seed. Um, I believe we split this pitch as well. I took the Rams and J.J. took the Cardinals. I just, uh, I don't know. I just don't think uh, the Cardinals will have enough to get over the Rams here. I don't know. Early in the season when Arizona was red hot, um, that that was one team I wanted to just go all the way and win it. But after the last part of the, the regular season, how the Cardinals played, I just don't think they're going to be able to get there. So I had to go with the Rams here. Uh, the, and the Rams is, it, it, let's just say this for everybody out there, the Rams is not a bad pick. If you pick the Rams, your probability is pretty high that you're going to get a win, 50-50. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> That's awesome. 
But right <laughs> now, I don't know if you heard or the fans heard. Um, Mr. Stafford has a toe injury. And they're really downplaying it. But it must affect when he steps into throws. They did a big article with the title, Los Angeles Rams QB, Matt Stafford says, toe's okay, but he's not feeling the pressure to win first playoff game. Uh, I wanted to hit on that. The key there is to win first playoff game. I I just think, have you, are you getting visions of Detroit Lions, Matt Stafford, DJ? Or is he over the hump? Mm. I mean, for most part, I think he's over the hump. Uh, there's been a couple of games this season that I kind of had a flashback of him in a Lions uniform. But uh, for the most part, I think he's over the hump. Uh, I just hope that uh, he doesn't go back to the, the Lions-Stafford uh, in the playoffs. So, I, I've, for the most part, I've seen a completely different Matt, Matt Stafford in the regular season. So, I think he's pretty much over that hump. Just to name a few of Matt Stafford's stats this season, he had 4,886 yards passing, which was third in the NFL. He had a career high tying 41 touchdown passes in the NFL at second on in the NFL, sorry. And but the thing is, he had interceptions that were costly. I think it was 14 at the end of the at the end of the day. And he had seven interceptions over the final three games, and he lost a fumble in each game in that stretch. So uh, if Kyler Murray has his head screwed on, it looks like he's going to have both running backs. And they've upgraded Rondale Moore to questionable, so his retreat, receiver trio would be A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and Rondale Moore. And, of course, they're going to have the newly acquired Zach Ertz at their tight end. The Rams are looking at only tag they got is a questionable for Matt Stafford's toe, but he's already declared that he's going to play. And... Sony Michelle will be in the backfield. That means no Daryl Henderson. Cam Akers is available, so we'll see how that works. Receiver room will be Cooper Cup, Beckham, and Van Jefferson with tight end Tyler Higby. Vegas has Rams favored by four. Over huh? under a 49.5 between the two games. And I don't know how they determine the weather, but I thought, is that open on top in L.A.? Um, we asked this question in one of our first episodes and I forgot to even look. Um, well, they, they, when they give weather on the, on this RotoWire starting app, it usually means it's an open air stadium. Um, yeah, it, but I think we're, there was another, um, stadium that they did a weather update and we knew that it was a dome. So I don't really know. I'm I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. It's SoFi Stadium uh, covered. Uh, technically, isn't a domed stadium. It has a roof, but the sides of the structure are open. Oh. In, re- in reality, the field is under a canopy more than a dome-style top. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's not, it, it's closed, but it's kind of like the Viking Stadium where it's kind of glass, and then we have those big, huge doors that open on the sides. Yeah, DJ, I just want to ask you a question. It's kind of reckless speculation, but due to the COVID outbreaks and increases, they're talking about moving the Super Bowl out of L.A. Yeah, number we kind of talked one, about that you, last episode. How do you feel about it? Number two, where would you want it to go? Um, didn't they already have a backup uh, stadium? I don't even remember. I want to say they did, but I don't recall what where it was i can't i've only heard destinations but they're trying to smooth with either florida or texas yes it was at&t stadium it was cowboy stadium that they had a backup plan for that's what i saw yeah well i hope they don't mess around start doing that in season because then that would mean if they wanted to move it every year they could yeah, I don't like the I don't like the idea of moving it, but uh, I guess it's the world we live in with this COVID crap. It's not ever gonna go away, so I guess it's just gonna be something we gotta get used to. So, um, and then just real quick uh, for those of you that already have us uh, liked on Facebook and uh, Twitter and uh instagram uh we did post our brackets for our predictions throughout the playoffs um but we're gonna go through them here um so starting with the the titans uh i have the titans playing the patriots in the divisional round and then i have the chiefs and raiders in the divisional round those are the two for the afc and i have for the nfc i have the packers playing the rams and then the Bucks playing the Cowboys. So the AFC Championship game, I have the Titans and Chiefs. And then the Rams and the Bucks. So my Super Bowl matchup, I have set as, I know this is crazy, it's only against my Chiefs, but I have the Titans and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, and I have the Titans as Super Bowl champs. And I don't know if you have your bracket in front of you, JJ, if you want to go through yours. Yeah, I, I'm just, my head just got blown when you said you had the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't sound like a DJ pick, DJ. I thought for sure your, your Red Chiefs would be in the Super Bowl at least. I just thought maybe, you know, since Derek Henry's coming back, I think maybe it's just the Titans here. I don't know. No, I mean, I totally get your picks. It's, I wish I would have thought of it, actually. <laughs> but after the first round, I have the Titans playing the number four Bengals in the AFC division. And I have the Bengals upsetting the Titans. I think the passing game is going to be too much for Tennessee's defense. Uh, in the next game, it's the number three Bills at number two Kansas City Chiefs. And Pat Mahomes gets another win over... Josh Allen and heads to the AFC Championship. Your number four Cincinnati Bengals versus the number two Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. I got the Chiefs by six going to the ship. 
So going on to the NFC champ, uh, rounds, the divisional, I have number one Green Bay at home over the upset-minded San Francisco 49ers. And uh, I got the Cardinals beating the Rams early in the early wildcard rounds to face Tampa Bay in the division in Tampa Bay. With better weather, I look for Green Bay and Tampa Bay to meet up in the NFC Championship, and Green Bay will prevail at Frosty Lambeau heading to the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. And look out, look out, Aaron Rodgers walks out a winner. Green Bay by a touchdown in Super Bowl. Oof. Yeah, completely different brackets between us two. Um, that's kind of odd to comparing yeah. all the picks from the, the whole season. So... Um. Yeah, I I don't know. I kind of I I I was leaning towards the Packers winning the Super Bowl, but uh, I don't know. I just thought it through. You just can't do it, can you, DJ? I I don't know. There's a there's a, just different factors that I thought of, and I don't know. I just kind of maybe I thought about it too deeply, and I, I'm my brackets didn't completely fall apart, but. I guess we'll see. You, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I'm excited, uh, pumped. I told you guys already how much I love football. And it's all types of football. I love following high school in Minnesota. And there were some good players this year, DJ. I know a big running back, Emmett Johnson, out of Holy Angels. That's where Larry Fitzgerald went to. He's heading okay. to. He's a running back, and you run a four, 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 five, forty, and he's heading to Nebraska to be a Cornhusker out of Holy Angels. So good luck to Emma Johnson. All right. Well, that is our uh, that's our episode for uh, Saturday morning. Uh, so we'll wrap it up here. Uh, as always, go please check out our uh, previous episodes. Uh, we are available on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, Pocketcast, Breaker, and Radio Public. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at High Hope Sportscast and Twitter at H Sportscast. So go follow us on there as we post updates, news, uh, and other stuff like that on those accounts. Uh, if you'd like to donate to the show, hit that support button for us. Uh, so in our next episode, we will be on Wednesday morning. We will recap all the wild card round games uh, and, uh, as always, talk uh, news around the league, as always. Uh, so, and uh, we're going to have a bonus episode here soon. So be on the lookout for our very first High Hope Sportscast awards show. Uh, not sure when it's going to come out, so uh, keep an eye on that. It uh, will be coming shortly. Uh, So I am DJ. This is JJ. And thanks for listening to High Hope Sportscast. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.